Good people, it's your host BA back on your head once again with another episode of the Just My Opinion podcast. Your ears could be anywhere in the world, but they are right here with your boy, and I definitely appreciate that. Popping off the show, we're gonna go ahead and talk about LeBron James tweets. Talking about the Makia Bryant case, he kind of popped off a series of uh, more so emotional tweets last week. And after a short period of time of receiving some mm, not-so-nice feedback from other people on social media alike, he took it down. Um, I think that he does this pretty often now. He is definitely stamped in my book to have Twitter fingers. Um, You know, people feel very differently about this case at the moment, and I just personally don't think you need to speak that fast Um, you know, I've always, you know, I've alluded, you know, especially last week with athletes and regular people, you know, just saying that everything that you feel is not what you say and you don't have to speak on everything. And I just feel like, and I apologize to those who feel may feel differently, but I just think that he just needs to slow it down a little bit. Like, you know, this is the second time, the first time with the whole China ordeal, you know, that Daryl Moore got in trouble about also. Um, he kind of really got quiet on that after he, he spoke out at first. You know, you know, three times and you're going to be out. You're going to mess around and really say the wrong thing. And, you know, too fast and people are going to be very upset with you. You know what you're saying. You got the police at this moment in time tweeting back at you, etc. You know, social media is a crazy place anyway. And anything and everything can always be misconstrued. So I don't really say much Anyway, but, you know, if you want to, that's your prerogative. No problem with that. But just be careful and, you know, do simple things like proofread and maybe think about other people and maybe the negative things, you know, negative things that could be, you know, you know, proofread yourself, you know. And and Herm Edwards always says, you know, when you're angry and you're frustrated, don't hit sin. You know, take the game from the OG. You know, this this is not a shut up and dribble, you know, thing. This is more so like a, you know, take a second and take your phone out your pocket before you hop in the pool thing. Like, relax. Slow down, my guy. Um, but he is still waiting to come back from his high ankle sprain injury. Um, speaking of other injuries, KD's comeback. Um, he's looked great off the bench when they had him off of the bench. Um, other things going on in the league. Uh, Trey Young has been hurt, but the Hawks have been playing absolutely wonderful without him. Um, speaking of other news in basketball, the overtime basketball league that I talked about, we asked for more opportunities for some of these youngsters and their future in playing basketball. Um, we got it. They got investments from like Jeff Bezos, uh, Drake, other NBA stars. The G League, you know, included with this has all has just shown us that. You know, like I said, we asked for more more avenues, more more opportunities, 
and we got it. You know, like I just said, the G League, overtime, overseas has always been a thing. So, you know, kids are starting to have options. But it it led me, you know, just reading and and listening. It led me to just some natural questions that I just wanted to bring to your attention. You know, it's an investment, which makes it business, which gives it ownership, which now has to dictate, you know, the behavior of everybody involved, which means there's less room for mistakes, you know, for the investors, you know, their mistakes on down to even the players, which will be, you know, high school kids. You know, of course, that's still just like everyday life. You make too many bad mistakes and, you know, bada bing, bada boom. But at this point in time, I guess what I'm getting at is if when you now when you make those mistakes, now you're messing up people's money. You know, so, you know, big business for children. But, it you know, if that's the way the world is turning. You know, you just have to be prepared for it and, you know, get get the right information and seek the right people to teach you right. But, you know, obviously that means that some people are going to get caught up in the process. But just some thoughts that I had about it um, that I just want to talk to you guys about. Um, you may have the same thoughts. You may not. But that's just my my little three cents on the situation. Um, AD returned versus Dallas. He played Dallas twice and he played Orlando. Um, he's been looking pretty, pretty good. Um, first game against Dallas didn't shoot well. Um, that's to be expected. Um, the last two games, uh, under 20, of course, he's also on a minutes restriction. But um, he's played well, moving around pretty well. I've really had, I've really haven't seen anything other than just regular, you know, court rust. You know, so definitely is it's nice to see him back. He'll definitely be back for the playoffs, you know, as we see. But other things around the league that I want to kind of just touch on before we finish up with the NBA. Portland's done. I'm done talking about it. Um I was already dropping Dame out of my MVP conversation anyway. You guys have been on that journey as I've been talking about him. Uh, Terry Stotts, he's definitely getting the blame now. Um, some of my talks and blame has been on more so players, um, what to do with CJ. Um, it has Dame taking that next step, which we know he can score and we know he's clutch, but the results, you know, in W's and L's, like, you, you that hasn't happened. That and that led me to my point when I was talking about he can't beat the teams four and up. All right, you know that's a, I don't want to say it's acceptable, but it was like all right, you know we just kind of know where the ceiling is at the moment. You need Nurk, you don't have Nurk, you don't have CJ, so we feel it. Nurk and CJ have been back, and they went from four to pretty much seven now, and had to play Golden State in the play in the playing game if the playoffs were today. And the way Curry been playing right now, that would be pretty funny to see. You know, of course, I think, you know, off the top of my head at the moment. Mm, actually, I would still have to think about that some more because Golden State got some wing defenders. Got some, it's got some wing defenders. And I don't know if Portland has enough scorers, you know, if they were just to say, hey, wing defenders take away, you know, CJ and Dame. I'm really going off on a tangent because I didn't, plan to talk about it this much but that's that's very interesting um they got less minutes for Melo right now um they trade Gary Trent Jr. and he's been doing pretty pretty well you know in Tampa Toronto at the moment um but now they're seven like I said we have to play Golden State so they're out of they're off my radar at the moment 
Atlanta is back on my radar, back where they need to be, where they should be, where I actually predicted that they would be, you know, in the beginning before this season, um, when they started making, you know, after the draft, after, you know, they got Bogdanovich and things like that. Uh, the Knicks are back. Um, I'm going to stay humble. I ain't going to talk about the Knicks long. We're not going to go off on a tangent, but we almost won 10 straight. We got nine straight, nine and one in our last 10. We lost to the Suns and the real MVP, Chris Paul. Um, I say that because I think he has been the most valuable person to his team in the way that that team and organization has made the jump that they made. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. We lost 118-110. But last thing on the NBA, and it's just coming from me to you. I just haven't read this anywhere. I haven't seen this anywhere. Just It just hit me, and I just wanted to talk about it. Are we seeing a possible LeBron James health decline? You could be saying, oh, yeah, that's stupid. Oh, yeah, whatever. I, if we kind of go back, if we're, if we're looking at the context of what's been going on in recent years. This year, he's missed 18 games and counting. This year. And counting. Last year, I'm not going to count. Because one, it was a shortened season. Two, you got a break before you came back. And then the year before that was the growing year. It's just interesting. You know, it's not an, it's not an Achilles, not an ACL, you know, things like that. But, you know, it, it's starting to show that he needs a couple of more oil changes. You know what I'm saying? Tire rotations. Every now and again, which, you know, is to be expected. I'm not, you know, he's not in year five, you know, so it he definitely deserved. So but just watching out for that is is the break. The breakdown is starting to starting to show, starting to rear his head. But to talk about the main thing from the weekend, UFC 261. The most stacked card as far as lineup that I've seen as of late. It had three championship fights, a former champion, and a former number one contender on the card. It was in Jacksonville, the first event um, that they've had with fans back full capacity down there in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, It definitely, definitely looked different. You know, you can kind of tell some fighters embraced it. Some of them kind of still look the same. Some of them just have a stoic vibe, you know, on their walk coming to the ring in the first place. But, you know, the place was crazy from the beginning. And shout out to the UFC and the UFC fighters. Like, they brought it. Like, whether you're a fan of UFC or not, everybody's unfortunately a fan of violence. You know, boxing, fights on YouTube, fights in your school. It don't matter. you like... Unfortunately, if some there's a fight, somebody taking their phone out. Somebody want to see it. And from five o'clock when the the early prelim started to about twelve thirty when it ended, I have nothing but good things to say. Um, popping off the main card was Anthony Smith. He won on an outside leg kick that hit perfect and struck the nerve of his opponent, Crew. Crew couldn't even get up and walk. Like, I didn't even really know what a whole nerve damage thing in the midst of a fight was. It looked broken. And in about 10 minutes after that, everybody talked about it. Anthony Smith got his hand raised, so on and so forth. 
Um, you know, he was okay. Like he walked out of the octagon on his own power, but for about a good five minutes, crew couldn't even put, you know, saying his, his leg down. Like he tried to fight through it and he wanted the ref, you know, to, you know, to let him fight and go into the next round. But, you know, he hopped up in the air, tried to beat his chest. And as soon as his foot hit the canvas, you know, he did like that, you know, that, you know, when you, when, when a, when a woman's heel gets stuck in the pavement and she was like that little wobble walk, the little, he did just like that. And from that point, the little Patrick Mahomes wobble after that, after that moment, the referee called it KO shout out to Anthony Smith winning that fight. Chris Wyman, it got even crazier. Chris Wyman snapped his leg on the first kick he threw. So Uriah Hall won that bout by TKO. Uh, the irony of that was Chris Wyman, the way that he broke his leg was the same way that Anderson Silva broke his leg when he fought Chris Wyman and kicked him the exact same way. It was so crazy. Like, it, it's, you know, you don't say karma or whatever, but in the moment you think of it like that, you're like, yo, that is the most ironic thing that I've ever seen. Like the exact same way, if I'm not mistaken, the exact same left kick, the exact same, like same, same break and everything. So, but shout out, you know, to Chris Wyman, hoping for a speedy recovery. Um, Uriah Hall, shout out to you, wherever you move on to, um, yeah, crazy. Um, but moving on into the title fights. Uh, Valentina, the bullet. She faced Jessica Andras. Uh, Valentina won by second round KO by a crucifix grapple technique. If you do not know what that is, hold your arms out wide and imagine somebody on one arm holding their arm, your arm with their arm. And on the other end, they're holding your other arm with their leg. And you can't move your arms. You can only move your legs, in which at that point you're just trying to squirm around all while they're punching you and elbowing you in the face. Got the picture. That's pretty much what happened. Um, it was a complete dominant fight by the bullet. Um, the only advantage that we thought Jessica Andrade had was her grappling and her wrestling. She got taken down about five times. Um, the bullet took her down at any point in time that she wanted to completely at will. So that one advantage was completely out of the window. Um, so shout out to Valentina. Uh, she retained her title. Moving on to the next bout, Thug Rose. Rose Namajuna, she won via TKO uh, by the first round by head kick to Jean Lee. Man, like, she kicked Lee so bad and knocked her out so bad. If you go back and watch the highlight, Lee didn't even know where she was when she woke up. She was fighting with the ref. I don't know if she didn't think that she got knocked out, that she was still fighting, or that she thought the the ref, you know, stopped it early. You know, a lot of the times what some of these fighters don't realize is that the canvas actually saved you. Like, you were knocked out on the way to the ground, and the, you your head hitting the ground is what woke you back up. Um, but that that was really crazy. Um, Thug Rose, she really had a lot of things going on. Um, she's she's been on the way back from a neck injury herself. She lost to Jessica Andras. Um, she lost her title to her, so this is the second time um that she got her got that title. Um, it was really, really crazy, man. Like I that really put her as probably probably the third best 
uh, woman fighter of, of the UFC of all time. Probably at this point in time, we've kind of, uh, we've kind of come out of the Ronda Rousey phase for those who may think Ronda Rousey, uh, we're kind of out of that. That was kind of the, she was like the George Washington of women's fighters. Um, I always will kind of be the first to kind of break out, but definitely won't be, you know, the goat or the greatest or hold, you know, that title for long. And people have to dispute that is plenty of better people out there at this point. And that kind of showed within her career, not to necessarily hijack this and talk about Ronda Rousey, but just kind of brief history lesson. Um, but to close the show, Kamaru Usman, K.O. Jorge Masvidal and put him to sleep. Ending the chapter on that book. Crazy. Crazy. What, what he right hook. Right hook. Kamaru Usman is the type of fighter that will actually take one to give one. Um, they were both exchanging, but it was so crazy. I haven't really seen this boxing technique before. I guess since you know you can't really do it in boxing with gloves, I don't think. But he kind of held Mas, he caught Masvidal's punch. And pulled it down like a slot machine to open up his straight right. Like it it was really crazy. It's really technical, really composed, as I always say, Usman is. It, it was just really I loved it, man. From from the prelims to the title fight, Usman retained his title. Um he's really doing some GSP things. If you don't know who George St. Pierre, the old welterweight champion, is, go look him up. Uh when they say he's one of the greatest, he's really one of the greatest. Like some of these fighters, these champions now. Um, they want the big payday. They want all the respect, all the glory after, you know, winning the belt or defending the belt like once. GSP cleaned out the division twice. They lined him up. He beat him up. They lined him up again. He beat him again. And Usman is starting to be on that type of tier. He's already cleaned him out once. And, you know, he he beat Ma and he's starting to do it again. He beat Masvidal twice. He's already beat Leon Edwards, who has a fight um, against Nate Diaz coming up. He beat Damian Maya. He beat Tyron Woodley for the belt. He beat Kobe Covington, broke his jaw. And he just beat Gilbert Burns less than five months ago before he just beat Masvidal. Like he wants. You got to put some respect on his name. Got to. But overall, the UFC doesn't get as much love, but... It will soon. You know, we have three African-American champions ruling it right now. I'm all here for it. Kamaru Usman, Izzy Adesanya, Francis Ngannou. Shout out to all three of those gentlemen. You know, it, it's it's a growing sport, man. It's a growing sport. And I just really want to give a real big shout out to the UFC, you know, in, in the podcast today. I know we always love the NFL, the NBA, but that 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 was that was an exciting event to watch like i said five for five ko's like the best car of my life like for results driven best car of my life granted i already said it was one of the top cards you know just based off a lineup but you know for the fortunate things that happened and the unfortunate things that happened no fight went past the second round like the usually the fights can usually last till you know pay-per-view fights can last till about one o'clock we were done wrapped up by around 12 15 12 22 you know we were we were in the we were by 12 30 12 45 we were in the post fight we was in a post fight press conference you know and and that and that's a lot for me to say that i've i've been a fan of the ufc uh since about 2007 2008 
I remember the first Ultimate Fighter with Forrest Griffin. I saw uh, UFC 100. I remember when the flyweight and the bantamweight divisions first got introduced. I remember the WEC merger. I remember when John Jones was a nobody. I it was the best card of my life, most stacked I've seen. Like, but hands down, best from front to back, beginning to end. Shout out to that. But moving on, lastly, talking about the NFL. You know, we have the draft coming up on Thursday. The Falcons are in recent news are taking calls for Julio Jones. Duh. Who said that? Me. Ben said that. He only played nine games last year. Other than that, you know, he's pretty stable. He may miss one here and one there, you know, whatever. But he only played in nine games last year. Really played very well last year. Trading back could be a very good thing as well. Like, the Falcons are in a very, very good position. They're, they can they can go a lot of different ways and please the organization and please the fan base, in my opinion. You know, it's just my opinion. I, 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 just, I just think they are. If you want to, just grab pits. If you don't know, if it, at worst case scenario, if you don't know what to do, just grab him. You know, you could trade back depending on who you trade in back with and still get him possibly because whoever's trying to trade up with you is going to get a quarterback, you know, moving off of him or Matt, it could have and would have been the answer. If you don't, you know, it's fine, but you know what money is coming with that, but it's time. You don't have to fully erase them off the map, but it's time to start moving in the next direction. Like, whichever direction that is. I don't like the QB choices. I've said that. They said that Matt has years left, so we've already established that. So it, as far as it seems right now, Matt is off of the table. But what else can you do to improve your football team? Why not take calls for Julio? Why not? He's 32. Why not? He's not, and really, quiet as it's kept, he's not getting you more than 1,500 yards anyway. He's not getting you double-digit touchdowns anyway. One of the most dominant receivers when healthy, I always give you that. Always. But as far as the business is concerned and not the emotions of it, this might be what you need to you're, remind you, you're, you're under a new GM. So this is a new regime. So you're really lucky because a lot of this stuff never happens anyway. A lot of the time, Matt definitely would be gone. Julio definitely would be gone. This was Thomas Dimitrov's, you know, claim to fame, Julio Jones. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. The Falcons need a running back, offensive line, defensive line, maybe a linebacker could probably use some more. You know, back end help of the defense could probably use another. You know, they could use a lot, a lot of things. Like they're not trash, but they're not overly great either. You could use a lot of things. So, like I said, it would be, it would be fine. Just don't leave me shaking my head. Um, another team that I do want to highlight: the Steelers. They say that the Steelers are open to drafting the QB. Duh. James Conner gone. Villain the wave was gone off of the offensive line. Pouncey retired. 
You know, they have defensive holes to fill now, even though the defense will be good, as we already know. Devin Bush is a question mark at the moment. Um, it feels like more pressure is going to be on Ben when we're in a time where the pressure should be taken off of Ben, especially if we're keeping Ben there. Like, I, I it, it's almost the same with Matt. They're not completely trash. And which I think that Matt has more in the tank than Ben, to be honest. I just think that Ben has been part of a more stable environment since the beginning of time. So it's time. Once again, it's time. So with that, with that being said, let me go into my top five teams that need a quarterback in this draft. In order, in this draft. Like these teams... Is it is it is a lost draft if you do not come with a quarterback. I don't care what round you draft him in. I'm even going that far. You just need to come come out with a quarterback at some point in time. At number five, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna leave one at the end. So, um, number five is a three way tie between the Texans, Detroit, and Miami. Um, just short explanation. The Texans, they have Deshaun Watson still. We don't know what's going on with that. They have Tyrod Taylor that will get them through this season. I've already mentioned that. Whatever happens with Deshaun Watson, they do not care. They've set up their team to at least plug the hole for this year with some pretty better-than-average decent players. If you go back and look at their team, like it, if they, it, as long as they can be better than last year, and if they're better than last year, then that's – good in their book especially with everything going on with them but we're not talking about the texans right now moving on detroit um do i trust jared jared golf not really he's not really even in a you know a comparable environment a good organization at the moment so they they should use one just in case you know just in case um and then miami um reports that come out you know all summer that they may not be, you know, all in on tour. You know, we'll we'll see. I think I think he's fine. I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm really I'm really not too negative on tour, but I definitely can see when people are saying he doesn't have that spark. Like he's just consistent. He doesn't have that spark. But you know, it is what it is. But those 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 were right five. So they're really not that important. But I had to put a five in there. Three ways high five. At four. I got the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I've spoken on the Atlanta Falcons numerous times. Um, but once again, for the kids in the back who haven't heard me for the past two months, um, if the Falcons, I don't like the QB choices. If the Falcons take a quarterback, I would hope it's ever, anybody. I don't care who it is, as long as his name is not Justin Fields. The reason I say Justin Fields, not um, not because I don't like him as a player or anything or the reason that he's been dropping, I just think that if you draft Justin Fields and say, oh, well, put him behind Matt Ryan, he can learn for a year. If you have a year like you've been having over the past two, possibly three seasons where the city has been absolute, absolutely hot with you, by week four, we will be yelling for Justin Fields. And that's not a, that's not a position that I would like to put the poor kid in. That's the only reason why. But hey, if you draft him, it is what it is. But the Falcons need to come out with Matt Ryan's somewhat heir apparent. 
somewhat. I don't I don't even like I, I think I already mentioned I don't care if you trade back or if just with another pit, you go get Kyle Trask or you look at Kellen Munn or you look at the uh uh the, the Stanford quarterback. I really don't care, but you need one. Um at number three, the Pats. Um they've been in, in talks talking about they may trade up, you know, you've been hearing that. They have a lot of picks and a lot of players on short deals. So they're going to make a move at some point in time. Hopefully, I will come on this podcast and tell you, like I said last week, they made a move. I think they got too many picks and too many players. I think Stefan might be the one to get moved. I already spoke on that, but they definitely need to come out with a quarterback of some kind in this draft. Um, at number two, the Steelers. I think that the Ben Roethlisberger thing is done. I think that they have pretty much drained it dry. Uh, he has. He's even have over the years. He's had even less weapons, and is keep going. Is about to keep going that way. Like I said, they have to get a running back. They got to get another wide receiver. I don't trust Juju as a number one. Uh, it's just too many things to really name at this point. The Steelers need to make sure that they have a backup quarterback from this draft. The ones that you have right now, you know, it, it's cool and it's cute. You know, to still go eight and eight without being, you know, Ben Roethlisberger around with the people that you had, Mason Rudolph, so on and so forth. No, be serious about it. Take it, get his heir apparent. And number one, the Denver Broncos. They cannot afford another year of mediocrity with the at least high-level defense that they have. They have very decent skill players, and I know they do not want to waste that. I don't think they have any, you know, really any quarter, any faith in their quarterback, excuse me, um, in Drew Locke anymore. And honestly, to be quite frank with you, they've been on this quarterback thing since they lost Peyton Manning. And it just hasn't come together for them. I think if you're you need a quarterback, I think you need to be intentional about the quarterback. The teams that kind of try to say, "Oh, well, we could worry about the quarterback later," or "We we could take a chance on this guy." If you don't really be aggressive and intentional and go get one or a good one, a bona fide good one, you know you're kind of stuck in limbo and you start having experiments on on people and you draft people named Paxton Lynch and things like that. So there you need to make sure they get that in order. So they're my number one team. Closing out the NFL. The NFL had a rule change, like I spoke on, that you can wear single digits. The expanded jerseys will allow running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, H-backs, and wide receivers to wear numbers 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. Defensive backs can choose from 1 through 49. Linebackers 1 through 59 and 90 through 99. Offensive linemen, 50 through 79. Defensive linemen, 50 through 79. And 90 through 99. QBs, kickers, and punters will remain in 1 through 19. That is the full layout of it. So you'll know which one of your favorite players they want to change the number, what they're eligible for. Pat P has already said he's going to wear number seven like he wore in college at LSU. Uh, but like I stated, I believe that you have to buy the whole current inventory of your jersey first from NFL Shop to do that, which is nuts. But uh, Pat P is definitely a person who will probably have that. So the draft is this Thursday at 8. Ladies and gentlemen, rep your squad. Watch out for my New York Giants and good luck to the Atlanta Falcons. 
We sprinkle good luck and good fortune upon this franchise. If you want to bow your head, go ahead. But let's lift these Falcons up in prayer. Dear football gods, please bless the Falcons and bring a peace of mind to this new journey of front office ship. If the heir apparent to Matt Ryan is in this draft, then thy will be done. If a quarterback is not what you desire for them, then bless them with a competent competitor that we do not have to Google the first time we hear his name. Bless the dirty birds of the sacred Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We promise to drink our water, exercise, love one another from a distance, even as some go back out into these streets. We promise to forever and always stack, pray, and stay out the way. Y'all be safe. This your host, B.A., and it's been another episode of the Just My Opinion Podcast.